Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of the Wolfpacker.com, fellow co-host Matt Carter. It's nice seeing everyone. It's been a while since uh Justin and Matt have been teamed up on the Wolfpacker Podcast, but we got some good stuff in store for you today. We're gonna do kind of a general wrap-up of the 2022 football season. We never, uh, we never did our official post-game reflections pod for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. We're not going to dwell on that game too much. It is what it is. Dave Doran got spared of his Mayo bath. Um, disappointing loss, but obviously a lot of absences in the, in the roster that led to that. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but more of just kind of a general overview of the 2022 season and talk a little bit about what's to come in 2023, including... Uh, impact transfer Brennan Armstrong joining the Wolfpack, uh, former UVA quarterback. Big uh, big news for NC State. So we'll we'll talk about the implications there. Plus uh, we'll talk a little bit about the men's basketball team at the end. One two two back or excuse me back to back quad one wins. Picked one up on the road last weekend over Virginia Tech. Another big one coming up at home against Miami on Saturday. So uh, great time to talk a little bit of Wolfpack basketball as well. But uh, before we do all that, some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can also watch us on YouTube. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there. It's the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. Uh, we're almost at 2,000 subscribers, so if you haven't done so already, please go smash that subscribe button. Uh, help us get to 2K. Uh, we appreciate everyone that already subscribes to us. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment while you're at it. Um, head over to thewolfpacker.com right now. Special deal going on for $29.99. You can get premium subscription through the end of August. So that'll take you take you to the beginning of college football season. Uh, better part of eight months there for $29.99. Still solid deal. Um, you know, we've been pitching these promos ever since the Wolfpacker joined the On3 network and, and the deals have gotten a little bit more expensive every time a new one comes so you know now's now's a great time to act quickly because uh we don't really know when these deals are going to end or begin i mean this could be through the end of the week it could be a couple months but if you want to join if you're on the fence about joining the wolfpacker.com now's the time to do so because 29.99 will get you through the end of August, that's uh, what about a $50 savings, Matt, in terms of, uh, you know, just what you'd be paying regularly. So 
hop on that deal now because um, you know I, I got a feeling this as much as on three is growing that uh, after this deal is done, I, I don't know how many more deals there's going to be for for the near future. So hop on now and uh, and join the Wolfpacker.com part of the on three network. And last but certainly not least, head over to RogueShop.com, our proud sponsors for your premium cannabis Delta Eight CBD Delta Nine goods. Uh, it's rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Uh, great small business. Again, premium cannabis, THC, Delta 8, and CBD products. You can get edibles, oils, tinctures, cartridges, uh, flour itself. I mean, all kinds of great products. And this is a small business, mom and pop shop. You know, this is not a big corporation you can head over to their website and actually take advantage of their chat feature you'll talk to a real live human being to help you figure out you know what what's going to suit your needs best um, in terms of cannabis products that they offer Uh, these are some great products if you deal with stuff like trouble sleeping at night or chronic pain inflammation stress and anxiety um you know, this, this lightning that I'm hearing in San Francisco, it's giving me a little bit of anxiety. Some Delta 8 might uh, help me out a little bit. I'm, I might need to head to the rogueshop.com uh, after after this podcast, but uh, head over there now. I mean, I know we all kind of, we, we all experience at least one of those symptoms, and, and this is some great natural stuff that can help you deal with that. So head over to rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Great folks over there, proud supporters of the wolfpacker.com. All right, Matt, let's... Uh, Let's talk some football. Uh, well, wait, before, what the heck is a cyclone bomb? Because I've never heard of it. A bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. Uh, but yeah. For those, for those listening, if you heard something in the background, that uh, Justin Williams is out in San Francisco and getting bombed by a cyclone right now. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've always wondered watching, seeing the Iowa State cyclones. What's a cyclone? I'm a North Carolina boy. I know what. I know what tornadoes are. I know what uh, hurricanes are. Uh, we're very familiar with tropical storms in, in Raleigh. Um, but yeah, it's just basically Californians aren't used to a lot of rain. So 10 months out of the year, you'll get barely any rain at all. And then for the past few weeks, it's just been dumped on. And that makes me unhappy because I don't get to play golf. And uh, I like to play golf. It's, uh, you know, just like Rogueshop.com, Delta 8. It's good for my mentals to get out there on the golf course. So, uh, you know, hopefully this rain will stop soon, Matt. But uh, but anyways, that's not what the people want to hear. They don't, they don't <laughs> care about the weather in San Francisco. They care about the Wolf Pack. We don't have to talk too much about the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Lost to Maryland. It was a fun game for a while, I'd say. I mean, I, I feel like in the state of college football now – you know, you would have loved to see an NC State win that game, especially a great way to send out that, you know, veteran linebacker core of uh, Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson, Isaiah Moore. Of course, Peyton Wilson has since come out and said he's coming back to NC State next year. So he'll uh, he'll have another opportunity to uh, to go out with a with a W. Uh, Isaiah Moore and Drake Thomas uh, going to the NFL. Uh, great careers at NC State and they played Excellent, by the way. I mean, the, the defense played great against Maryland. It just – offense couldn't get it going. Uh, didn't have MJ Morris available for the game. I know there was, you know, talks of him being able to play. But, you know, Ben Finley was not able to continue that magic, if you will, from the Chapel Hill game against UNC. Uh, you know, struggled a little bit. Looked more like, you know, a reserve quarterback, which he was this season. Um but uh, maybe this is a good segue to talk about our main topic here, Matt. Let's take a look at the quarterback room going into 2023 because you've got Finley coming back. So you know you know you got a solid reserve at the very least. You've got MJ Morris coming back, the freshman that flashed um, for a few games this season before he suffered his own injuries. Um, and now you have a very impact transfer coming in and Brendan Armstrong, who is uh, rejoining forces with his former O.C., at NC State and uh, was a part of a 2019 offense or maybe it's 2020, Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but at Virginia, which was one of the top offenses in the country with that duo. So uh, Matt, just your, your reaction to Brennan Armstrong coming to NC State. I know this was something that was 
on the message boards for a while. And uh, finally the decision was made official, but um, I mean, does he come in? Is he, is he, uh, is he automatically the starter? Is there going to be a competition? And, uh, and where does this put NC state in 2023? Uh, yeah, I would, you know, I, naturally there could be a competition because we've got to be honest, Brennan Armstrong didn't play particularly well in 2022, but in 2021, he was phenomenal. That's the year you were, you were referring to when they finished third in the country in total offense at Virginia. You know, he had them off to a six and two start. One of those losses was, was at UNC. Uh, and he threw for over 500 some yards in that game. And I think Virginia had 38 or 39 points. So Brennan Armstrong's not the reason why they lost that particular game. Um, you know, he set all kinds of records. Even though he missed one game, he still set all kinds of records, just about every passing record you could have. And by the way, he's a good dual-threat quarterback as well. So um, if you get in the 2021 version of Brennan Armstrong, which is reuniting with his offensive coordinator, it's been talked about a lot. Robert and I worked the Virginia offensive coordinator. He was kind of Bronco Mendenhall's right-hand man as his offensive coordinator. Yeah, Mendenhall surprised everybody by stepping down after the 2021 season. They went out and hired Tony Elliott, uh, who was a Clemson offensive coordinator. Tony Elliott did not retain Robert and I. Uh, so, and I ended up going to Syracuse. And Armstrong didn't have the year, obviously, he was expecting, you know, seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That's just not a good touchdown to interception ratio at all. So he goes into the portal. Robert and I gets hired at NC State. NC State loses Devin Leary to the portal. It obviously seemed to fit, right? But the million-dollar question is that MJ Morris did flash considerably, and Ben Finley did win your rivalry game at UNC. You know, was NC State content to kind of go with the quarterback battle there with, with Morris and Finley? I think that would have been okay. I, I didn't think that was a, a – a bad situation. There, there was risk involved, however, going that route. Or do you go out and get a quarterback? Honestly, I thought Armstrong was going to be the dream scenario, but just because of the connection to and I, because he knows that offense, because he knows how Robin and I thinks, more importantly, how he talks, his terminology different. So he's going to call something a certain way that maybe. Tim Beck was calling it something different for the past couple of years, three years. You know, Ben Finley and MJ Morris may have a hard time understanding what Robert and I is talking about. Brennan Armstrong gets it instantly. Uh, he, you know, that's, that's what he knows. So, so certainly he has a, an advantage. You could even say a very significant advantage. You'd be surprised if Brennan Armstrong's not your starting quarterback. But, you know, I think – they owe it to MJ Morris and Ben Finley to see what they look like in the spring. If everybody comes back, you have to use the word if because that's modern college football. It's really the dream scenario setup. MJ Morris still has a redshirt year available to him. You can play him four games next season. He gets the lone Robert and I's offense. He still could be a potential three year starter. You'll have Ben Finley, who won a football game for you uh, in a rivalry showdown. And and Lex Thomas doesn't have to worry about, you know, buying a, a, a fluky second straight year. We'll get into that kind of we look at back at the year, whether or not there was a success or not. You're not going to have a second straight year of a fluky situation with four different quarterbacks starting multiple games for you, two of them because of injuries. I mean, that's just wacko, right? That's just nuts. Yeah. So, huge pickup. If you get the 2021 version of Brennan Armstrong, dare I say, you know, I think a lot of people were pointing towards this year, kind of the transition year, that, that step-down year where you lose a whole bunch of guys. But if you look at it, the depth is not near as good, but Frontline talent still in a pretty good spot in a lot of places for NC State. And if now you add in a, a potential 
top 10 quarterback in the country, which is what Armstrong was two years ago. Um, now, now you're cooking. Yeah, not, not, not ACC title level. Not, I don't want people to, I'm thinking a team that you wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the top 25 of the rankings at some point during the season. Well, I mean, and you never know if they can, you know, compete for that second spot in the ACC in terms of the standings, because that's what's going to get you in the ACC championship game. You don't have to worry about beating out Clemson in the ACC Atlantic anymore. And, you know, if you take a look at the Coastal past few years and you look at the rest of the ACC Atlantic, I mean, I don't think I certainly wouldn't put NC State and Penn in that two spot. But I'd say they're one of a handful of teams that could certainly compete uh, to take on Clemson in the ACC championship game next year. Um, well, I would I, argue, I think Florida State, by the way, is going to be the team. Don't be surprised if they end up being preseason ACC favorite next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I it was a great it was a great season for Florida State. Um, I don't really know the specifics about what they have coming back and what they're looking like in the transfer portal. Maybe you have a little more intel there, Matt. Coming back, everybody. Coming in the transfer portal, a handful of studs. So they may have gotten the number one corner in the transfer portal. They picked up two of the top tight ends in the transfer portal. Got a couple good offensive linemen. I've seen a couple. uh, ESPN, I think, had them number four. Oh, wow. Sports Illustrated had a number five. And they kind of snuck up, you know, when NC State played them, which is probably when most Wolfpack fans paid attention. They just lost to Wake Forest. And she State come back and beat him with a backup quarterback who doesn't complete a pass in the second half. And then they lost to Clemson the next week, right? So we, I think a lot of NC State fans would just think, ah, same old Florida State the last few years. At hot start beating LSU and Baton Rouge. Um, Which was Baton- a very nice win in hindsight. Yeah, in New Orleans, I'm sorry. Yeah, in hindsight, that was a great win. If we're honest, they should have beaten NC State. NC State without played most of that game. Um, and then I think they won every game after that. Yeah, I think they I think they won out after yeah. that losing streak. They beat Florida at the end of the year. They beat Oklahoma in the bowl game. Ended up friends top 10 in the poll. You know, like it. So, um, yeah, but don't be surprised. If, I'd be surprised if they're not preseason ACC favorite next year. Okay, well – we got off topic. Now, I stand. Cor- I stand corrected. Clemson, Florida State, probably your favorites to be in the ACC championship game. Yeah, but it's, maybe one of those teams slips, and uh, NC State's going to be in that group. Um, you know, that's right, right behind those two, competing for maybe that second spot. And uh, th- that's good news for the ACC, Matt. This was a this was a down year for the ACC. It's been a down couple of years, um, and it doesn't help when you see you know, how much Georgia outclassed TCU in the championship game last year. And then you can't even get a team in that four-team playoff. I know that the playoff's going to go to 12 teams here soon. I don't – but that starts the season after next, right? One more so. year. One I more year, four-team yeah. playoff. Yeah, I'll look it up while you talk. Yeah. Um, But the ACC needs to get back on the national map. Um, And how is it going to do that? It's not going to do that with Wake Forest – being your number two team in the ACC. You need your marquee programs to be marquee programs. And Clemson has taken a step back, but it hasn't fallen from the graces like FSU has. Like, uh, I mean, Virginia Tech, you'd love to see Virginia Tech get back to glory. You need Miami to get mm-hmm. back to what, you know, Miami has been historically. And, uh, you, know, you just you can't afford these years where you got that, that group of four marquee football programs and only one of them is ranked in the top 25. Uh, you'd like to see at least two, if not three of them, you know, competing for the league. But all that said, I think NC State's in a great spot going into 2023. Uh, we talked about, you know, this season, how this was kind of the year to get get something done because it was going to be kind of a reload year in 2023. That changes now. Now that you have the depth in the quarterback room, that you have, you know, a lot of returning players that are going to give you some top end talent and starting, uh, you know, starting lineup. Peyton Wilson is a big returning piece who could 
again, be another preseason defensive player of the year type candidate, or at least somebody that competes for it throughout the season. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'd say, I'd say expect at least another, you know, seven, eight wins floor. And then, you know, whatever you can get on top of that, just icing on the cake. Um, and it's just, it's, it's the, the program continues to build. It's, uh, in the year of 2023 college football, you know, you don't have to, with the transfer portal, you don't have to have a reload year necessarily anymore. You can just restock in the portal every year, you know, whatever you can afford, whatever the pack of wolves NIL collective can uh, muster up in the war chest, you know, to go get a guy like Brennan Armstrong or to go, uh, what I'd like to see, I was, I was kind of hoping that maybe they could, you know, get the war chest ready and go get like an explosive wide receiver. Cause that seems what's kind of been lacking from NC state. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you look at this year, I think that was kind of one of the developments of, you know, what happened, my train, the annual podcast train. We got train, by. we got lightning, we got. Yeah. It's been quiet for me, though. I'm, I'm waiting for the horn. Not happening. All right, Am, Amtrak. Is, there we go. There it there is. Go. Yeah. Right on cue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that was kind of the disappointment about this season was it just didn't have any explosiveness in the passing game. And I don't know if that was by choice or by personnel related or both. Um, you know, it could have been a situation where going into the season, they they didn't have a lot of trust in those receivers. And so they made the decision based on that to kind of ride defense and special teams and, and try to manage the game on offense. Um, and take advantage of opportunities that come up and you rely on your defense. They did that an awful lot. Did it in the bowl game, by the way. Didn't go for it a number of times on fourth down. Kick field goals. Um, in hindsight, yeah, at some point you got to put the ball in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, adding some explosion to the offense so desperately needed. Um, they do have young, speedy receivers. Julian Gray, Anthony Smith, uh, Terrell Timmons Jr. That, that can help do that. But um, I'm curious if Robert and I will be a part of the answer to that solution as well. If, if he not, might not add some creativity to perhaps move some receivers around or get them in position to make explosive plays. Um, I, you know, that was one thing which I thought about the receivers is that they, they kind of had guys designated, all right, you're a slot receiver, you're X receiver, you're Y receiver. Why not move them around? Why do they have to be kind of penciled in at one spot? So, uh, what's yeah? But to answer your question, they did get a nice receiver in Dakari Collins, who I like. He doesn't fit the mold of what you're talking about. But here's the thing about the transfer portal, Justin. Everybody is in it. And that's what I've been costing him from, you know, from really day one. Uh, we were kind of, Justin was there. We were kind of on it. Look. It's easier said than done. And a lot of times I'd have a lot of people tell me, oh, we're going to take going to try to do this, this, and this, and this. They're going to go after this, this, and this, and this. They're going to get a starting offensive tackle in the portal. Right, that'd be nice. It would be. But the alarm raised for me was when uh, there was a tight end at North Carolina named Carl Tucker, a role-playing tight end. I don't know, he probably called it like double-digit passes at UNC. Nothing special. He goes into the transfer portal about four or five years ago and ended up at Alabama. Yeah. Then you start realizing, yeah, how the transfer portal works. And so, my long-winded saying, it's easier said than done. I mean, obviously, they would love to go get a explosive, open field, big play wide receiver. But so with about 50 other Power 5 teams. And the thing about collective, by the way, it kind of one or two approaches you can take. You can take them to go buy yourself a team. It's obviously what the Southern Cows and the Florida States have been very aggressive in the transfer portal. Ole Miss, a lot of those teams. That's how they're doing it, right? Yep. 
or you can use it for player retention, which I think at the NC State is the way you have to go, and that's the way they've been going with this pack of wolves announcing they're going to try to give everybody on the football team 25 grand next year. Because NC State's not in position to outspend Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, or whatever in the transfer portal. So you try to prevent your players from being post is the best way to do it. So there's that, there's that aspect of it as well. I just thought of uh, maybe a, a headline you can use or, or something for the 2023 season when you're talking about the NC State offense, an eye for an eye. Robert and I for an eye. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know when, but maybe you'll remember that when the time strikes, you'll be able to put that in your juicy. You know, they do play Virginia this year, so Ooh. maybe if Armstrong and an I put up like fifty-six points on Virginia, yeah, that'd be. I'll use, I'll use it. Well, my, text me that. I will. Today to play football okay. schedule comes out January thirtieth. By the way. Well, we'll. Uh... We'll talk about it as soon as it's out. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, and great to hear that Virginia is the other coastal dip over or crossover game, if you will. That you know, it's better than well, remember they know, teams. no division next year, so they actually get Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Duke. Oh, excuse me, Miami. I, I, I completely forgot about uh, the new scheduling format that goes along with the. Uh, with the new divisionless ACC. Great. It'll be more of a representative ACC type schedule. Good to see Duke on the schedule. Good to see Virginia on the schedule. Something about watching the classic ACC teams go head to head. That just makes it feel a little bit more fun. Yeah. You know, Ethan was in the office. He's still in the office. I should say. Um, Yeah. We were talking about There's only one game next year where that is not in the state of North Carolina or Virginia for NC State next year at Connecticut, which I believe is the season opener. And um, other than that, every other game is in the state of North Carolina or Virginia. Two games in Virginia, nine in the state of North Carolina, at Wake, at Duke, all the home games. There you go. I mean, saving saving money on flights, put it in the war chest. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know they're different. I know they're different budgets. They're they're separate entities. You can't do that. Blah blah blah. Yeah. It's 2023 in college football. It is money dominates. Money dominates the game, and uh, you know, I, I 12 team playoffs starting soon. I mean, I don't know if you're NC State. I mean, I think the ultimate goal is just getting to the ACC championship game and trying trying to win an ACC championship. I mean. After watching last night, Matt, Georgia just annihilating TCU. Like, uh, I mean, it was basically like watching NC State play Connecticut earlier this year. You know, same type of competition, or in terms of competitive competitiveness of the game. Yeah. It's kind of there's two or three programs that will be the national champion, and everybody else is just trying to compete and make the best of what they can do. TCU magical year, magical run. Had no had. Had no chance in that game. Had zero chance. Yeah. Well, TCU kind of had a, a string of good fortune to get there, right? I and mean, they deserved to be there. They deserved to be in the playoff. They straight up beat Michigan. But look, the Wolverines threw two pick sixes, had the ball inside the two-yard line two more times, and didn't score. You try to repeat that recipe for success against a better team, right? Yeah. If, 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 one of those four things didn't happen, then TCU losing in the semifinals. Um, and now you're playing a better team and you need four-plus fluky stuff to happen. It reminded me of some of those old Super Bowls, too, where, where one thing, you know, when I grew up, along, I'm dating myself here in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a string of Super Bowls that were just awful. I mean, it was like 42 to 10. I remember uh, Washington beating the Denver Broncos 42 to 10. Uh, I remember the 49ers, you know, destroying maybe the Buffalo Bills or something like that. Dallas Cowboys went crazy against the Bills one. 
sometimes when the game's a game of that magnitude starts going that poorly for a team, you know, it becomes rapidly disheartening. Yep. And the other team's on cloud nine, and you're just completely devastated because all your dreams about how that game was going to turn out just went away. And you just don't want to be out there anymore. So I think you saw that last night. I didn't want to watch the game anymore. I turned. I tuned I out watch, at ha- yeah. I tuned I, out at halftime. You, nothing else to see here. I mean, I tuned out at halftime and put on curb your enthusiasm. Watching a couple episodes from we're up to season ten. Strong. I also went to HBO. Went. I'm I'm watching Sopranos for the first time. So uh, where you at? Uh, season three. It's getting. It's an intense show, man. Yeah, it's it an is. intense show. And a great one. But um, I guess this is as, as perfect of a time to segue into basketball as any. Um, well, I want to ask you this real quick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 2022 football season. Success or failure? <sighs> I have to pick one answer. I mean, it's kind of... Well, you can go gray area on it. I mean, my, I mean, the real answer is it's not a failure. It's not a success. It was, okay. it was, it was a year. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a year. I mean, it was a, it, for the car, for the car, uh, the hand of cards that NC state was dealt. I think they made as they made the best of what they could this year. Uh, especially when you think about the injuries at quarterback. I mean, if, if we're talking about any of the other teams, if you're not named Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, if you lose three quarterbacks in a year. I don't really know how much more you can expect to finish the season. Eight and four was solid. Uh, you picked up some marquee wins over UNC, Wake Forest, Florida State. ECU was, I mean, it wasn't, the second half wasn't what everybody wanted in Greenville, but that road game at ECU is still a good win in hindsight. Texas Tech ended up being a, a good team. Yeah. So State did not have an easy schedule this year. Um, certainly more challenging than maybe we thought going into the year. You know, I think that was part of the reason why 2022 was looked at as, you know, maybe an opportunity for NC State to win the ACC championship just because the season or the schedule looked a little bit favorable at the beginning of the year. And uh, it just didn't it just didn't shake out exactly like that. You know, the, I mean, the main loss that kind of you scratch your head about is the Boston College game. Um, but assuming NC State wins that game, I mean, what changes? They're they're nine and four versus, uh, you know, nine and or eight and five. Uh, I don't think NC State goes to a different bowl game. Maybe I'm wrong there. If they if they beat Boston College, I mean, probably still the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I, think I would so. think. Yeah. So, you know, they're not leaping past Florida State or Clemson, obviously, with the Orange Bowl. Florida State got Orlando. Notre Dame got Jacksonville. So, I mean, yeah, you're looking at still Maryland. And and if NC State went to a different bowl game, it wouldn't have been pretty. Uh, You know, you look at the you look at the Holiday Bowl between UNC and Oregon. I mean, maybe NC State's maybe able to do a little bit more on offense, but that was, that was a game where you had to score 30 to win. Uh, you know, you think about the Gator bowl, South Carolina gave Notre Dame everything it could handle. Uh, I don't, I don't think this NC state team with, with Ben Finley under center was, was ready to go head to head against the Gamecocks just in the shape that they were in. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, what do you, what do you think, Matt? Was it a success or a fail? I just think it's kind of in that gray area of, you know, they did the best they could considering the context of the situation. And, you know, it feels like the program's still heading in the right direction. I certainly don't feel like it's taken a turn in the wrong direction, but what do you think? I say, I, I agree with you. It's not an abject failure, not an abject success, more in between, but tilted more towards success than failure, right? If you're putting it on a spectrum. Just because of what you talked about. You you hit on two very important points, I felt like. 
go back and look at the history of teams that started four quarterbacks in a season. Uh, David Hale at ESPN did. It isn't pretty. And in fact, NC State did about as well as anybody's ever done in that situation. NC State played, ended up playing six teams who received votes in the final AP or coaches poll. That's half the schedule. That doesn't include East Carolina, who beat a good Coastal Carolina team in the bowl game. Um, so, you, and I think David Hale, I think, had a, another nugget about how NC State had played just from a number of teams that were uh, had not, uh, winning seasons this year. They played as many as just about anybody in the country. So when you combine the quarterback situation with the schedule, eight and five, I agree with you on the whole Boston College setup, by the way. Should have won that game. You know, new flash behind the scenes, pretty much. Everybody I've talked to has said the ACT has acknowledged that that was a bad pass interference penalty. Should not have been flagged. If it wasn't flagged, NC State wins the game. So they that's why you have Dave Dorn using the word robbed every single time he talks about that game. But it doesn't change who they play, where they go for the bowl game. So eight versus nine win, nine sounds nicer. You would have been able to say fourth time, I think, in five years. Or, uh, fourth time in six years you've had nine wins, which is pretty pretty strong. Um, and maybe if knowing they had that chance to get a 10th win, a little more aggressive in the bowl game, a little, but you know, they played hard in the bowl game. They just didn't score touchdowns. Um, so I kind of agree with you. It's not as neither, but it leans more towards success, which I don't know if fans have fully appreciate that because of um, expectations maybe not appreciating how good Florida State was at the end of the year or appreciating how solid East Carolina – I'm guilty of that. Did not think East Carolina was going to be that solid this year. Uh, heck, even Connecticut went to a bowl game, by the yeah. way. So, so uh, I still remember Dave Dorn. I can't repeat word for word what he said because uh, I'm not trying to uh, – um, repeat a bad word on the podcast, but yeah, he told me that preseason rankings mean you know what, because they don't take into account that your roster doesn't look the same all year long. And yeah. he said, if, if I'm six games into the year playing my third string quarterback, then all bets are off. Well, game six was Syracuse and uh, one of the other, MJ Morris and Jack Chambers are out there playing quarterback. So, um, I don't know if even Georgia or Ohio State, Ohio State did do it one year. I, I take that back. But, you know, there might be two or three teams in the country that could go that deep into the quarterback well and, and, and pull off wins. The difference is those schools, their fourth string quarterback is some freshman five star. Yeah. And, and the year Ohio State did, I think, with the third quarterback. With Cardell Jones, who's an NFL pro. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, I mean, Ben Finley, hats off for winning the UNC game, but Ben Finley's not a pro quarterback. Not yet. Yeah. It got Could a long be. way to go. Hey, if he is, I would I would love to eat my words on that one because that means in there that means there's some magic coming in Raleigh. Yeah, right. Um, but all that said, yeah, I it's important to smell the roses every once in a while. We always talk, we always talk about expectations. We always, we're always quick to judge if, if those expectations aren't met, but sometimes as an NC state fan, you got to see the good too, which is, first of all, you beat UNC back to back years in great games and, and, and heartbreaking losses for UNC. I mean, for, in terms of bragging rights, which is really one of the main things when you talk about NC state, one of the main objectives is can you be the best program in the state? And I think, you know, despite Duke finishing with a better record, I think it's fair to say that NC State was the best football program in the state this past season. Look, real side, Duke and North Carolina football schedule for joke. That's not their fault. I will. I continue to emphasize that. Nice win for Duke in the bowl game as well. I forget who they played. 
But it was nice win. Military Bowl, I think. Well, was it Cincinnati? Maybe I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but no, Cincinnati played Louisville. I yeah. forget. Central Florida. Duke beat Central Florida in a bowl. That's right. Duke played nobody. They had one of the softest schedules. Not their fault. They didn't know Northwestern was going to stink to high end this well, season. You know, you can, you can kind of make a guess, but okay. Yeah, but uh, not a one-win season, which is sure. Technically, yeah. Northwestern did not win a game in the United States. Their one win was in Ireland, yeah, Nebraska. Um, so a lot of that stuff was, you just didn't know about, right? So, um, but anyway, that's my point of contention with Duke because they had played a normal schedule, like Carolina. Carolina got the nine wins because of their schedule, not because Carolina was good. Continue. <laughs> I don't, really, I don't really have anything else to add yeah. um, other than, you know, you got to appreciate what you have in a, in a program that has been consistently, you know, putting out winning winning seasons, getting to bowl games consistently, um, putting out pro prospects. Um, Chef, speaking of which, what a pack pro Sunday. Naheem Hines, two touchdowns for kickoff returns yeah. in the – Bills Patriots game, which had 21 points scored, or excuse me, 18. <laughs> three three touchdowns scored by Pac Bros. Jacoby Myers got in the end zone in that game, too. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're just I it's at work. I work I, I work on more NFL content now. And it's funny because every time we're watching these games, I just I I always point out the Pac Pros and my coworkers are like, what's a Pac Pro? <laughs> but but there's so many of them. There are there are a lot of pack pro. I mean, this program is is churning out pro pro prospects, and and that only helps recruiting. Um, I think there's more good things to come. You just got to stay at it. You just got to keep putting the program in the right direction. And if you keep putting yourself in positions to be a competitive squad to consistently have your floor at seven or eight wins, eventually the schedule is going to break in the right way. Fate's going to break in the right way, and you're going to find yourself playing in Charlotte. So I think that's the goal. I, I'd like to think NC State can get there, you know, some point in the next few seasons. Um, and we'll see. They've got, they've got talent to do so. They've got the coaching staff to do so. Now it's a matter of execution. Um, but anyways, I think, we need to, I think we need to transition to basketball. I think we're, we're starting to ramble a little bit about football. And uh, it is now officially college basketball season. Now that the national championship in football is over, Time to start paying attention and time to start filling out PNC Arena. Big one coming up on Saturday, Miami game. Um, but let's talk about what NC State's done to get to 13 and four. Matt, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. NC State, 35 in Ken Palm. That is the third, yeah, third, no, excuse me, fourth highest ranked team in the ACC, Virginia at 14, UNC at 21. Duke at 24. Uh, NC State doesn't have the conference record to show that they are the fourth best team in the ACC right now, or one of those teams maybe deserving of a double buy in Greensboro in March. Um, but this is a good team, Matt. This is a good team that could get to the tournament and win a game. Yeah, maybe get maybe maybe get hot if you know right bracket drug. I could see this team getting to the Sweet 16 if they continue to execute. They've got the talent. Um, and what impressed me the most is picking up a big – I mean, that Virginia Tech game, you know, Virginia Tech coming off, I think, three straight losses going into that game or maybe two in a row. I know they were I know they three were struggling going into that game. Three in a row. You got a head coach like Mike Young. You're playing on the road in front of a good crowd. Uh and it, I mean that that's a game Virginia Tech should have should have handled. And NC State went up there and really dominated for the better part of forty minutes. You'd like to see him finish a little bit better. You'd like to you'd like to see NC State maybe practice some inbounds in this next week off uh, before Miami comes to town. But uh, but NC State was just the better team, and they were the better team against Duke. They were the tougher team against Duke. Um, I mean, are you seeing this the same way as me, Matt? I mean, I, I, I think, I think NC State, I think the expectation needs to be NCAA tournament at this point because this team is certainly talented enough to get there. 
They put themselves in position. Uh, they won five or six and got some nice wins in that stretch, right? Goes back to beating a really good mid-major team foreman handedly, decisively. Pulled out the win against Vanderbilt in Chicago. Um, handled your business against Louisville. Stomped Duke. Handled the business at Virginia Tech. You lost at Clemson. You mentioned the ACC record. It's something we talked about with Matt Coe on the podcast. That's just a kind of – I don't think there's a team in the ACC that had as front-loaded of the schedule as NC State did. And so if you're NC State, you're kind of looking to get to February 500. If you're above 500 because you got five more games left this month, if you can get above 500 – the last nine games set up so well for you to make a huge run up the standings. I don't know what the other teams' schedules are like, but there are some teams like Florida State, like Miami, who were near the top of the ACC, who had very friendly front-loaded ACC schedules. A tougher game, for instance, Miami's two toughest games were both at home, and then they played a bu- more of the bottom teams in the ACC. Um, so. If you can somehow get into position, I would say when they get home from Winston Salem on February on January twenty eighth, if they are at that point six and five or better in the ACC, then you should get really excited, really excited because in the month of February they're going to be favored in so many of these. They got a game at Virginia that'll be tough. Um. Obviously, UNC is a big rivalry game, but a lot of those games are at home. That Duke will be tough, but you just cope stomped them by 24 points. It's not vintage Duke. I mean, no. two no. free throws. They needed a couple free throws with 12 seconds to go to beat Boston College. I'm worried road. about Duke keep staying a quad one win. That kind of, yeah, that kind of what I'm nervous about myself as well. So, you know, in the net, NC State is 27th right now. And I have, the net rankings are what obviously matters most. And it's not where you're ranked, though. It's where your opponents are ranked that matters. And that's what people get mixed up. They only focus on where their team is ranked. You need to focus on where your opponents are ranked. And that's why this month is so important, because all of your opportunities in January really represent your best opportunities Come February, it's going to be a lot of quad three, quad four games. And then it yep. comes, it flips over to don't screw up. Don't pull a Clemson. One of the reasons why Clemson is, is shaky right now, even though they're undefeated in the ACC, they got two quad four losses in non-conference play. Yep. Can't, can't do that. So um, They also, I mean, do they have any quality other than, I mean, they have a quad one win in NC State at home. Yeah, and they did just win at Pittsburgh over the weekend, which is a real still nice weird game. thinking about Pittsburgh as a good win. But I've been I've been on that bandwagon. But when it, when Pittsburgh beat NC State, a lot of people flipped out. Ah, oh, here you go again, NC State. Yeah, you fooled us in non-conference play. You know, bad Pitt team. It's a good Pitt team. I was on that the game before they played NC State. They demolished Northwestern on the road by 20-some points. And they got healthy. They had a bunch of old transfers who finally got figured out how to play with each other. It's an old team with a, a good young bench, mostly healthy now. They got all the pieces to be a good team. And they're about two points away from being on, I think, a 13-game winning streak. So, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, well, I, agree. I, mean, I, I do agree with you that uh, there's reason to be excited. I would say hold your breath until February 1st. And if you flip the calendar on February 1st and you're getting ready to host Florida State for that dreaded 9 o'clock time slot at PNC Arena, dreaded by me. It'll um, be a night at fine. I mean, I love it. Yeah, 
If, if you're playing for that game and NC State is six and five or better in the ACC, or even if they're five and six, you have a lot of reasons, I think, to be excited and paying attention to bracketology in February, which is when it gets exciting, right? It's when you're. I'm already, I'm already, I'm already paying attention to bracketology. I might, you know, call me foolish. I'm already, I'm already, uh, I'm already excited, Matt. I've already, I'm, I'm not even being cautious. I've been waiting for NC State to get back to the tournament for, I mean, it just seems like it's been so long. And part of that is because of the COVID year and the tournament getting canceled right before, you know, the season that NC State was likely going to be in the tournament as a bubble team. Um, it, it just, combining that with the past couple seasons, it's just, it's, it, it's got, it's, it shouldn't feel foreign for NC State to be in the NCAA tournament. It should be more, it should be like, the football team, you know, making bowls more times than not. NC right. State as a program, the expectation should be making the NCAA tournament more times than not. And uh, when you have the talent like this, I mean, you've got a future lottery pick in Terquavion Smith in your backcourt. you got a veteran leader like Jarkel Joyner who can knock down key shots, key free throws at the end of that Virginia Tech game. He's the type of senior veteran guy that you want to have, you know, you want the ball in his hands late in games, especially in those crunch situations where they're pressing, trying to turn you over. And then you got a guy like DJ Burns, who's, I think he's, I think he, I'm calling it right now. He's going to be a darling for the Hmm. CBS uh, coverage in the NCAA tournament. DJ Burns, assuming NC state makes the NCAA tournament, DJ Burns is going to be one of those guys. There's always a, you know, four or five guys that everybody talks about during the NCAA tournament. Cause you know, they got a funny haircut or they got a funny name. DJ Burns just seems like he's got a great personality. He's always smiling on the floor. He does. Um, I, he, he, he already looks like the fan favorite in Raleigh and uh, for good reason. I mean, when's the last time you had a electric big guy like this that's got, you know, great touch. He can hit you. He can hit you with the Kareem hook shot. He can. I mean, there was a play, Matt, in that Virginia Tech game. You might remember what I'm talking about. He started backing a. He was at. He was at, in the corner, from beyond the arc. He started backing a guy down from the corner. Yeah, he took him all the way down the baseline, and then, and then finished with the shot. And I didn't even think he had his best game against Virginia Tech. Yeah, he didn't play well against Virginia Tech. But he was still just dominant. I mean, they just had no answer for him. If he makes, you know, sixty percent, sixty-five percent of his shots like he normally does, I mean, he's finishing that game with over twenty points. It gives you when the other team, like Virginia Tech, was making a run. I think they got it down to four in the second half. What Burns gives you is a guy that you can throw it into and get yep. a bucket instead of relying on a guard having to create for you. And that's what he did. They threw it into Burns, and he backed his guy up and made a big hook shot in the lane. He did that time and again against Vanderbilt. I thought that was the game where Burns really found his comfort level. Uh, they don't beat Vanderbilt. It burns, doesn't go six for nine from the field and make all six free throws and finish with 18 points and nine rebounds. Um, so, yeah, look, he, and there's no question about him being a crowd favorite. And he is everything that people, at least in our experiences with him talking to him, he's just a, he's what you think he is. He's just a, a very likable guy. And, um, you know, He's NIL, and by the way, local businesses in Raleigh. I mean, but first, Bojangles, if you don't sponsor this guy, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, he is an NIL dream. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and I got to sing the praises of Greg Gant. We were talking about him a little bit before the podcast, Matt. He's exactly what this team needs. This team has, uh, you know, what feels different about this year, other, first of all, they, they, they give a darn on defense. They play defense, <laughs> right. and they're actually make creating points off of turnovers, like is the key recipe of a Kevin Keats system. Um, but they also have a, a roster of guys that know their roles, and that hasn't been the case the past few years. It's just been a bunch of guys hooping out there, and you know everybody's trying to get theirs. And this team knows. You're going to get your points from Terquavion Smith, Jarkel Joyner. Hopefully Casey Morsell knocks down a few threes. 
And when you need you, when you need a bucket down low, you throw it into DJ Burns, let him go to work. Other than that, you know, everybody else, you get an open shot, great. Uh, but a guy like Greg Gant, defensive guy, rebounder, he had great. Uh, he had a great uh, Draymond Green esque type stat line against Duke. I think he had like what two or three blocks, a few steals, some rebounds. He does the dirty work, and uh, and and that. Those are the type of things that make a difference, especially when you're playing, you know, night in, night out and, you know, the ACC. So, uh, and hopefully Jack Clark and, and Dohan Mahorchich, Dusan, um, excuse me, Mahorchich, um, you know, get, get healthy. Looks like, uh, I mean, Mahorchich looks like he's trending in the right direction. Don't know how long Jack Clark's going to be back, but it doesn't seem like it's the type of thing that's going to take him out the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I. As long as this team's, I mean, you can't you can't afford a loss in the backcourt. You can't. I really don't think you can lose DJ Burns either. Knock on <laughs> knock on wood. Assuming this team stays healthy, uh, I think they're a top four team in the ACC. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. I'm excited to see what's what's to come. And I think I think they're going to beat Miami on Saturday. By the way, big game. Uh, there you go. I like it. He 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 went there. Yeah. I, I did go there. They should have beaten them in Coral Gables. Well, yeah, but the big early lead too. Was, I always worry about when you get the lead that early, that easily. I'd prefer that lead to come in the second half. It's a it's a trend with this team, by the way. Yeah, they do start out start out very high. One of the things that got to change is Quavion Smith has been a first half player. Yeah, this year versus second, his first half and second half splits are pretty uh, noticeable. If you dive, if, when you dive into him and you really looked into it, you'll you'll see a pretty noticeable gap in mm-hmm. efficiency and production between first half and second half. Um, but I I actually think Saturday is a pretty significant game because you look at the other you know games in January. You're really talking about three games. Uh, you've already played. If I pulled up the schedule here, you've already played. Yeah, Duke and Virginia Tech. Now you got Miami at home, and then you got Georgia Tech on the road with one of those avoid a bad moment type of game. Yep. You got at North Carolina. That becomes your next big game. But that can be a, that's a hard matchup for NC State in the Dean Dome. UNC's undefeated this year in Chapel Hill. I know a lot of people love the delusion streak they had. But go look at their schedule. They probably played about as good a schedule as anybody in the country. Then you get Notre Dame at home, which is another one of those avoid slipping up. Notre Dame lost, I think, like five in a row or something like that. And then you go to Wake Forest. So, really, January, if you count December 30th to January with Clemson, but you could count that. But really, January was about those five big games. You've won the first two. Can you get one more to emerge with a winning record? In those games, um, and I think Miami Saturday represents your best best opportunity. That and Wake Forest on the road, yep, maybe your two best opportunities. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you're just running. You're just going to run out of of quality win opportunities. Of course, you get UNC twice, and you get you get Duke on the road at the end of the season. But I don't know about everybody else, but I I'd like this team to be in position where maybe it doesn't need a win, and then Cameron Indoor Stadium. At the or end of the, the year, to get in. yeah, wouldn't it be nice to just go to Greensboro and say, you know, this is just for see how we can do? Versus, yeah, yeah, versus having to win a game or two like the past few years. I remember pandemic year, was, did they do enough against Pittsburgh to get in the tournament, or do they have to beat Duke before it got canceled? Right, and the next year, you remember we were in Charlotte, and it was like, if it's late winning streak, if they potentially beat Syracuse and maybe make a run? Could they sneak into the bubble? And then, of course, they got coped off by Syracuse. That was in Greensboro. That was in Greensboro. That was in Greensboro? I thought it was in Charlotte. No, that was was Greensboro. That was – I was so excited to cover the first first time covering an ACC tournament in Greensboro, the men's tournament. And and then, yeah, they just go lay an egg against you. Buddy Bayheim went off. Yeah. Uh, that was ugly. But 
I can't yeah. remember the last time. Keith's first year is probably the last time they went to the ACC tournament. Remember the year before in 2019? And, uh, yeah. Oh, they got to beat Clemson. Okay, they beat Clemson. It's a quad one win. Is that enough? That might have been enough to get him in. And they play Virginia. They got If they play Virginia, you know, there's a lot of that type of conversations. That was the year Virginia won the national championship? Or is that the year they lost yeah. to UMBC? That was the year they won the national championship. Yeah. Now, you don't want to be in a position where, okay, you've got to beat the eventual national champion to get into the NCAA tournament. Well, a lot mm-hmm. of people thought that they were safe, but then I kept warning them about that non-conference strength of schedule. And they came back to severely bite uh, NC State. That, and I remember the loss to Georgia Tech in 2019. Mm-hmm. Near the end of the game, late in the season. Yep. Ba- so, Banks, right? That... Yeah, late one of dunk Mike, at the end. One of five buzzer beaters Banks had against NC State in his oh, career. Oh, um, so that's what you have to avoid too. Like, in order to be in an ACC tournament where you're just wondering how good can we do, you need to avoid that type of situation because the non-conference stretch of schedule is not gonna. It's gonna be it, it, right now. It's one of the, the the little hindrance on the on the resume right now. There's only been one disappointing effort from NC State this season, the road game at Clemson. The other two losses, NC State, I think should have won. I think I think they should have beaten Kansas. I think I think they had everything going in the right direction. I think they went toe to toe with Kansas, and uh, they should have won that Miami game. But you know, it's a long season. Those games don't forget are they happen. lost the pit. Don't forget the losing pit at home. Uh, okay, yeah, that was. <laughs> too disappointing uh, and, and Pitt's a good team but too yeah, disappointing uh, outcome so we'll see I mean NC State's due for something to get come back to earth but let's just hope it's not Saturday hope, let's hope it's it's after Saturday because I would rather have NC State win this game and lose a disappointing game on the road down the road like I'd, I'd rather NC State beat Miami at home and then maybe lose to Georgia Tech on the road than vice versa because you need quality wins that's good that's what's going to build your resume yeah. beating up on the low low laying fruit in the uh, in the ACC is not going to get you in the tournament. So keep picking up those quality wins. NC State heading in the right direction. We've been talking for over an hour now, so I think it's time to close this podcast out, Matt. I can I can see his eyes are starting to to roll in the back of his head there. <laughs> reason reason for you to watch on YouTube, by the way. Head over to your <laughs> YouTube channel, subscribe the Wolfpacker YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, drop a comment while you're at it. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you do listen to us. Uh, Also, head over to thewolfpacker.com. Special deal going on right now. For $29.99, you can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the end of August. That takes you to the beginning of college football season. So that's better part of eight months for the small price of $29.99. It's about $50 savings. Um, and again, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the deals get less and less sweet as more and more people have joined the on three network and have realized that it's the top tier coverage, especially, you know, in the NC state market, the Wolfpack. I mean, if you're not following the Wolfpacker, what are you doing? So, uh, you know, deals are going to get less sweet time to act now. Uh, and, uh, I don't know when this deal is going to end. So I would, I would recommend jumping on it now, especially because, you know, you want to get the best value for your deal too. So uh, it's, it's going to take you through the end of August either way. Might as well hop on it now. Don't wait. Don't, don't, don't wait until you're worried about net rankings in February to take advantage of the deal. Take advantage of it now. So, uh, and head over to rogueshop.com, proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for your premium cannabis Delta 8 CBD goods. They've got... Uh, They've got tinctures, they've got uh, cartridges, they've got uh, flour itself, edibles, lotions. They've got all kinds of great products there. And these products are going to help you if you suffer from symptoms like uh, trouble sleeping at night, you get pain and inflammation, uh, anxiety, or just general stress. I think we all at least suffer from one of those things. I mean, it's it's life. Uh, and, and these natural products can help you with any of them because uh, 
science. I mean, I, I was a I was a bachelor of arts at NC State, but I'm sure many of you are bachelors of science and you can read into the science. Go over to rogueshop.com, small business, husband and wife outfit. The husband's a, a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products to help him with some of his symptoms and helped him so much that he wanted to create this business to share it with the good folks like you. And again, this is not a big company that you're going to be you know, talking to a robot if you call their hotline number. If you go over to rogueshop.com, actually, you can take advantage of their chat feature and you'll be chatting with a real life human being who can help you figure out what products they have. They're going to help you with, you know, whatever you're looking for. So uh, head over there now. They're great sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast. You can, if you want to support us, you can support us by supporting them. Head over to rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Head over there now. Follow us on socials at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. For Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. .com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.